<laughs> Welcome back, rugby fans, to another great episode here on the Rugby Rant with your team from the Run, Pass, or Kick interviews. We want to be able to take the opportunity to introduce ourselves and the man of the hour, signing with me as your host, Ty Braga, the host for today's activities alongside Rob, the Hammer Hammer Schmidt, and the man of the hour, recently come over from the UK. It now makes his way through being a Glasgow Warriors, previously a Hurricanes superstar winner. As you can see, Rob sporting the colors there. But more importantly, let's introduce Callum Gibbons. Callum, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Um, Cheers. Yeah, exciting times. Yeah, I mean, you're welcome. Thank you very much for joining oh, yeah. us. I mean, we should be thanking you, not you thanking That's right. us. That's right. <laughs> wow, this, is the, this is the most interaction I've had for a while. So. <laughs> So the bar is really low. I'm sorry. I'm really, really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for those of you who who don't know, Callum has recently made his way across from from, uh, the UK and now is doing his isolation, of course, mandatory for the seven to to 10 days, uh, holed up inside his apartment. So we gave him something to do by joining us here on the Run, Pass, or Kick interview. But before we jump into that, it's best you find out how it works. Let's hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt to learn how. Thanks, Ty, and welcome, Callum. It's a pleasure to have you on. The Run, Passer Kick Challenge worked like this for the uninitiated. We're going to throw some questions at Callum, quick fire, uh, and we will prompt each question with run, pass, or kick. And so Callum's going to identify whether he wants to run with a question, which is to say he's going to go ahead and answer it and take it up straight away, just like any good forward is prone to do. Or he can go with the pass option. Just means the question's a little tough or he doesn't want to get himself into trouble, so he's just going to go ahead and pass on that one. Or he can have a little fun at our expense and kick it back to us, and that just simply means that he's going to ask us to answer in his stead. And he can go ahead and supplement the answer, or he can even give us a grade and tell us we were complete crap and we need to go do something else besides podcasting. So, Callum, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick challenge, my friend? I think I am. Awesome. Cool, cool. Well, first, we I got to say, you know, before we get going with the first question, that is a damn fine OGDC polo you got working there. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure you – what's that? Brand new. Yeah, I was wondering. So you have – I mean, you're obviously in your isolation, but yet you you had your gear waiting for you there, or did they send it to you on the other side and you brought it with you? Um, I mean, how did that get to you? I just got dropped off. So this apartment's been here waiting for me because I was, you know, due to arrive a few weeks ago. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was great. There's some some bread and some peanut butter in the cupboards, uh, some instant coffee. So yeah, I was bare essentials. Yeah. Well, you know that. By the way, if you're not familiar, is available on shopmlr.com. Right. I know Rob was going to lead to that, but it really is a nice OGDC one. I mean, some of their gear is probably the best out of what I like. To tell you the truth, not only because of the style and the colors, of course, uh, but the cuts are so good on those ones too. So, you know, do yourself a favor. Obviously, shopmlr.com is out there for all the fans dedicated to your team needs uh, as a fan. So go and check them out whenever you get an opportunity to be able to get your favorite MLR merch. Yeah, buy it now so you're ready to go for March 20th when all of the games in the MLR start on that brilliant weekend. So, Callum, we're going to start right away here uh, with this first question. Um, Talking about OGDC, the boys recently did their own version of the Polar Plunge to raise money for the Virginia Special Olympics. 
I realized that you were still on your way over, making your way into country. Uh, but they basically got the cryo chamber, and their challenge was to stay in the cryo chamber as long as they could, right, to raise money for Special Olympics. Run, pass, or kick. How long do you reckon you could have made it in the cryo chamber? <laughs> I'll run with that. Um, I'm a bit of a wimp when it comes to that. I used to struggle in the ice bath, so I don't know. I've never been in one before, but I'd say maybe 30 seconds. Oh, oh you're, I'm thinking 30 seconds is long. Is it? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm from South Africa. Yeah. If it gets below 70, I'm out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have I would have suspected having spent a, 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 a little bit of time in Scotland, you'd be kind of acclimated to the cold, right? Oh, you never get used to the cold, man. <laughs> Not in Scotland. Man, we're in the middle of like a, the, the coldest winter in yeah. record in the U.S. and you decide to rock up and say you're afraid of the cold. <laughs> I it was going to summer now. Yeah. Don't, don't come to Chicago for at least two months, mate. Stay out yeah. of Chicago. For sure. <laughs> Callum, let's take the opportunity to turn uh, your attention, well, our attention to some of the things you've done in the past. Now, I don't want to dig too much in because we're going to reveal a lot about your CV, but let's talk a little bit about your time further back in your career. So next question lies here. Run, pass, or kick. Your professional career started in Manawatu, then the uh, Wellington Hurricanes. At what point did you start to see rugby as a professional career choice? Run, pass, or kick, my friend. I'll run with that. Um, I think it was about when I first went to university in 2007, I think it was, and um I saw the Manawatu Turbos play live for the first time and I thought this is like this is something I really want to do. So um yeah, I just sort of worked my way through the through the ranks in the club scene and then got into the academy there and then um Dave Rennie sort of picked me for the in some of the academy games and then into the wider squad and I thought this might be able, I might be able to, you know, make a bit of a crack at this and from there in two thousand nine he selected me for the first game. It just yeah, went on from there. I've always sort of built Built my way up from from the bench, then holding you know holding the pads, then all the way to the starting, and so yeah, way back in two thousand seven it was. Nice. Well, so, pretty- yeah, as you said, you put in the hard yards every way. Mm, well, I tried. That's pretty That's- typical of uh, of you know New Zealanders and the rugby. They're always willing to put in the hard yards, staying humble, uh, always looking to improve, always looking to work hard and get themselves into the side at the next level. Um, obviously anybody who follows rugby knows that New Zealand's top players are gifted athletes and in in such a rugby mad country, right? But we know that many other rugby playing nations are just as invested in rugby as New Zealand, yet South Africa, Australia, Wales, et cetera, they've had their ebbs and flows. They've gone up and down. They've been a little bit inconsistent internationally over the years. So run past or kick, here's the question. Why is it that at the national level, New Zealand is consistently amongst one of the top rugby player playing nations in the world, if not the top rugby playing nation in the world. What's their key? Um, I'm going to kick that to you, Ty. <laughs> Man, what is that in my head? I don't even agree with the comment. First of all, <laughs> yeah, first of all I love it, Calum. I'm, I'm so glad yeah. you kicked it for him. Not because I couldn't have filled the question, but because Ty is going to f- be forced to acknowledge something about Kiwi rugby players over and above his, uh, his homeland of South Africa. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> no, in truth, look, I got to try and be as objective as I can, but naturally being South African, 
I obviously have a really, really strong uh, inclination to choosing South Africa. Um, okay, let me put it this way. Consistently, when you talk about out of World Cup format, New Zealand is without a doubt the most well-trained, greatest producing rugby nation the world has ever seen. And arguably so, one of the greatest sports teams in history, right? In across many different sports. I think the win ratio is above 80%. And it's again, it's because it's entrenched so heavily inside the culture. Uh, it's adopted at an early age. It's supported throughout the age groups. Uh, and it's tied into its national identity, much like it is for South Africa. And I guess that's why both of them end up being at the top as the, the three-time winning World <laughs> Cup champions. So I gave them both a compliment, right? <laughs> Very diplomatic. What do you think, my friend? Me? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, when you grow up in New Zealand and – you know, just you said, like you said about South Africa, when you know you see the All Blacks on the TV and you, you're playing rugby when you're three, four years old, you know, right? And as soon as you can hold a ball, you're you're running around the backyard or you're you know taking it to school and stuff like that, and that just carries right on through. I think like having a ball in your hands at that age, that's where you develop all your skills and stuff, and you know it just carries on. So yeah, yeah it's so true. Can, can I, I, you know, I'd add the one thing I think that is under, I as. As rugby aficionados, we understand this. I don't think the greater rugby playing public understands that the coaches in New Zealand are so dynamic when they think about how to play their game. They're always looking to advance hmm. and take their coaching and their instruction and the lessons learned, pass them on the players to the next level, right? They're always thinking about how to expand the game, play differently, be dynamic in their approach. And I think that always keeps them on the front edge of, uh, world rugby as a country. So to to that point, Rob, I once heard a Kiwi friend of mine phrase it in this way when he was asked this, a very similar question, why is New Zealand always at the top? And his response, not so humble, is because New Zealand plays rugby, everybody else is learning how to. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and it does tie into your point, though, is that from the bottom to the top, everybody's trying to be better. And, uh, you know, as you so rightly said beforehand, is New Zealand players themselves get into one team and are always looking ahead to where they get to the next step. So mm. it is entrenched in the culture. Yeah, for sure. Well, I have the opportunity to be able to fire the next question your way. So, once again, you know the rules run, pass, or kick. When you played for the Hurricanes in 2017, the British and Irish Lions were on the prowl in New Zealand. Interestingly, you played for the Hurricanes side that tied the Lions in Wellington. Obviously, a great feat for uh, a non-national side at that time, right? In fact, you scored a try in that match. Can you describe the intensity that the boys felt in the lead-up to and during that match? Run, pass, or kick? Yeah, I'll, I'll run on this one. Um, it was a – I think we had a little bit of time off because the All Blacks all went away and we may, maybe we had a week off, but it was a real good vibe within Wellington. You know, it was um, good weather. Um, building up to the game, we sort of, you know – we really wanted to play well, but it sort of had like a festival feeling about it. It wasn't, it wasn't one of your regular competition games, so there was, that was sort of put to the side. And then when we started playing, you could you could feel it. The crowd was packed. I don't know. Um, Westpac Stadium was just full to the brim. Right. And um, I think they got a couple early tries on us, eh? and 
for a moment, yeah. I thought, oh man, we're going to get pumped. But we sort of um, we sort of worked our way back into the game really well. We just sort of went back to the basics, carried well and cleaned well, and then you know it was one of the most exciting games I've ever played, and we got right. I think we drew thirty-eight all, was it? Yeah. Um, we oh, I thought we were pretty hard done by. We scored a try right at the end or towards the end. It would have, would have won us the game, but there was a knock on or something in the in the ruck, and I remember thinking, oh, I thought we'd won it back then, but. Yeah, it was a it was a special time, special game, and I always remember it. Kind of bittersweet though to yeah. get right down to the wire, and it end as a draw, especially when it's such also what's considered to be a high scoring game, and then to have it end in such drama, but all the more reason that it makes it memorable, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it was the whole yeah the whole thing around it was was really cool. Eh? So I um, had mum and dad down there, and they actually had some Glasgow Warriors fans come over for the tour and um, they came after the game and saw me and had a chat and said, oh, looking forward to you coming over to Glasgow. And, you know, it was really nice. So it was a cool, it was a cool weekend. If, if I'm not mistaken, I think they, they, you were right. They were up on you guys like 17, nothing. And I think that's when you put, put one down in the tri zone uh, and mm-hmm. got, got you guys on the board. Right. And that kind of started, you started the hurricanes rolling. It was a pretty nice affair. I remember watching that at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Rob, you've been fortunate enough to see a game live there in Wellington, haven't you? Uh, me, no. I've never been to Wellington. Well, yeah, unfortunately. The uh, the the team, the, my club team toured New Zealand, and I wasn't able to go because my wife, uh, we just had our first child. Preston was just born. And so uh, um, we couldn't go, but they went to Wellington and they saw a game uh, nice. back when Jonah Loma was playing. Oh yeah, cool. for Wellington. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> a long time. Oh, that's how long. Yeah, I'm an old. I'm an old guy, Callum. I'm an old guy, absolutely. But I've so I've been following the Hurricanes for 20, 20 years, twenty five years. Yeah, those the glory days, man. They yeah, a great team back then. Eh? Yeah, as a matter of fact, when when New Zealand came to Chicago, I had my I had an old uh, Wellington Hurricanes jersey. Uh, it was an Adidas jersey with the Ford logo on the front, and I brought it up. I have a good mate of mine's a Kiwi and he, he took me to a, uh, a all black training. And so I wanted to get all the all blacks who were also hurricanes who had won the championship um, to sign it. So TJ and, yeah. and uh, Artie and such. And uh, I remember TJ signing the Jersey and he looks over at, at, at um, nugget and he says to him, ah, he knows what it's all about, you know, and, and then looks at me and goes, this thing's old mate. He's been around a little bit. So I'm like, yeah, it's the only thing I had. So um, let's turn our attention to Europe. You mentioned the Glasgow Warriors, um, and and I want to talk about your time in Europe, in particular with the Warriors. Run, pass, or kick, what is your greatest memory of your time with that team, with the Glasgow Warriors? Uh, I'll run with us. Um, I think it would have been the Pro 14 final year before last, 2019-20 season. Um, We had a real good run. We had put out four games leading up to that that game. I think we beat Leinster over there. Then we came back and it may have been Connor that we played in the semi-final and um, put a lot of points on them as well. And Oh, sorry, Ulster, and put a lot of points on them. And we were, we were playing really well. And, you know, we got to the final and it was, I think it was a, it was a home final in Glasgow as well. So every year they pick a, your bid for a state, bid for the, to have the stadium at your, for the final in your city. And this year, Glasgow had it at um, Parkhead, which is the Celtic football ground. I think it holds about 40,000 people, and it, was, it wasn't packed out, but it was close, so it was a pretty amazing day. And, yeah, we sort of fell short there, but, you know, 
it was such a great occasion for for Glasgow and the rugby public there. So, yeah, it's always good to play in your home, in front of your home crowd in such a big affair, a big match, an important match, especially against the likes of uh, the, the the Irish the Irish fellows, right? So we're going to, we're going to switch gears and, and lighten it up a little bit. Uh, we have a segment called the quick tap. We're basically going to throw um, kind of a choice at you. One or the other, you pick the one that, that you feel most suits you. Uh, so um, our first one's an easy one should be no, uh, no foreign choice to you here. Most essential beachwear, the budgie or jandals. <sighs> jandals. <laughs> And for those who are not from New Zealand, jandals are, are you know, New Zealand version of sandals. So, so and- uh, wait, correct me if I'm wrong, because like this is something that has a name, different name everywhere in the world. Yeah. right? <laughs> uh, OK, so in South Africa, we call it flops or slops, flops. right? So like flip flops, like kind of a combination or lazy, shorten the word. Australia, it's thongs right. and New Zealand is jandals. Jandals, yeah. So what the hell is it in the U.S.? <laughs> Flip-flops. Flip-flops. Okay, that's it? Okay. That's it. Nothing special. Nothing more extravagant. <laughs> no. No. We're pretty simple people when it comes to that kind of stuff. All right. Here you go. Better pie, mince and cheese or steak and cheese? Steak and cheese. Steak and cheese. Okay. I, I have yet to have a, uh, a proper pie, but I look forward to it at some point. You know, I don't know, Ty. Am I wrong, or does do they do they have somebody selling those at the OG's grounds last year? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a bunch of vendors that are yeah. kind of a part of the game day experience. We're not sure if it'll be transferable to this season or not, but you know, the tents and the, the pies and you know, kind of that uh, sideline sort of vendors that uh, people loved. Right. So if anybody from OG's listening, get the pie vendor out there and get this man after the match, the steak and cheese pie, because he oh, deserves yeah. it. All right. Here we go. You're a back rower. I was a back rower. Uh, obviously not as good a one as you are or you are, but um, but I can appreciate good back row play. And so my next one is number eight, Zinzan Brook or Kieran Reed. Zinzan Brook. There we go. Yeah. Hey, any eight that can kick a drop goal from like uh, 35 yeah. meters out is a okay in my book. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Be, uh, Kiwi holiday. I have a feeling I know what this one's going to be. Beach or mountains? Beach. Well, yeah. you got you to got, you wear jandal someplace, right? <laughs> All right. Last one. Funnier Kiwi, Flight of the Concords or YouTuber Hotta Dad? Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Ah, I like it, the dry humor, yeah. yeah. I love Flight of the Concords. I think it's brilliant, man. You either love it or hate it. It's one yeah. of those comedy yeah. styles. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. And, well, leading leading into, into, into comedy and styles like that, let's take an opportunity to be able to step away from our questions and take one from our audiences. I believe Scott has one lined up for us. So there it is. Daryl says, Callum, what is the perception of MLR in New Zealand? Is there some interest starting to grow? Great question, Daryl. Mm. Yeah, um, there definitely is interest. Um, I've, you know, talked to a lot of people. There's a lot of a few Kiwis in our team actually that have come over from my team cup, and you know, a lot of people once I've you know, and that I've sort of hit it over here, they've you know talked about wanting to come and checking it out, and I know a lot of my friends and stuff are 
quite interested in the, the competition now and I think it's yeah it's going to be a great great comp um it's only new but you know there's you know turning up seeing the seeing the footage of the guys training the other day it's you know it's very very high standard so I'm looking forward to the start of the season right and you know and every year it gets a little better because yeah. as you so rightly pointed out MLR is still young right and what it's achieved in a short time has already been tremendous and certainly under mm. many challenges that even the rest of the world didn't navigate as well as the MLR has done so. So credit to them. Let me jump into the next question here as we turn our heads a little bit more focused towards Old Glory DC, where you'll find your new home in rugby, having made your way through uh, Glasgow Warriors, the Hurricanes, as we mentioned before. And let's wind up the next question. Run, pass or kick? You have played with some of the best uh, with the best that both New Zealand and Europe have to offer. What are some of the lessons you learned from playing in those environments that will be carried forward into old glory? Run, pass, or kick? I want to kick that to Rob. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks. Well, you know, it's funny you kicked it to me because I was just thinking about the nature of this question a moment ago as uh, we were talking about um, your experiences. Uh, and the MLR and and the perceptions of New Zealanders of the MLR and the standard here. And that's one of the things I think you're going to bring to the table from your experience, both in Europe and in New Zealand, is the ability to pass on what it's what it is to be a professional, you know, rugby player, how to train properly, how to eat properly, how to, you know, um, do all the things properly so you can best prepare yourself to be ready to play on game day. Uh, and one of the things I think that the, the Kiwis do best of all is prepare mentally. And that's where someone like yourself with the kind of experiences that you've had can be most helpful to the young players in the squad that are just getting used to professionalism is how to prepare themselves mentally, how to get that mental edge. Um, they call it with the blue head, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, to center yourself and be in the moment and uh, just be prepared to, to, to play in that given point in time and kind of push everything out to the to the outer uh, outer edges and just focus on your job at hand yeah I do. yeah you did right like it's a very hard thing to do as a young player is sort of put things aside and try and focus on the performance and you know you've got there's so many external factors you know crowds and stuff and even like social media and that kind of stuff you can get caught up with but I find if you sort of just focus on your own performance and how you can build on that throughout the week and then put that into the and focus on the actual performance of how you want to play and how your team wants to play and what you've learned. You can sort of focus on playing well rather than winning and all that kind of stuff. And if you play well enough, you know, it usually works itself out. So yeah, I'm hoping that I can, you know, help grow the game over here with, with DC and um, we've got some good young guys coming through over here from what I've seen and, so the physical side of stuff sort of takes care of itself because you've got great trainers and, you know, especially coming through the school system here, there's strong boys coming out. And um, so, yeah, hopefully, you know, I can teach them a few things from what I've learned throughout my career. Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of you hit upon a theme that I, I, that I very much can, can um, appreciate, and that's focus on the process, you know, mm-hmm. rather than the end product, focus on the process. You know, do your job, do it the best you can, focus on the few things that you want to make sure you do around the pitch, and everything else will come around, just like you say. I think it's such a great, such a great way to view coaching, especially with young players. Yeah, totally. So uh, on that note for the next question, 
um, run, pass, or kick, as a player coach, what do you see as the biggest challenges for the team, for Old Glory? I'll run with that. Um, I think one of the challenges is we, we haven't got a very long preseason, so we've got a couple of weeks now. I think we're, we're straight into games. So just trying to get, you know, all the systems we want to put in place together and um, get them, you know, running smoothly before we hit the ground running because it's not a it's not a long competition. It's only over six months, so you, you don't really have that amount of time to work things out once the season starts. So that's a big challenge, and I think that's throughout the whole the, the whole competition with all the teams. But whereas in the Pro 14, you can you're playing basically the year round, so you can sort of drop a few games here and there, and it doesn't really matter. But yeah, I think just getting getting ready to play within four four weeks will, will be quite right. one of the challenges. Yeah, you don't you don't you don't have much room to get uh to get kind of behind the behind the back foot and and start off wrongly. You really have to get your motors going right away, don't you? Yeah. Right. And you know, on that note, uh, you know, recently there was an announcement and one thing I must say, a credit to the Old Glory DC organization. Their communication with fans is phenomenal and they are setting a standard as we move into the season how they're communicating with their fans. And they had already identified opportunities for preseason. One of them, unfortunately, fell away where they had uh, planned to be able to play uh, Navy. And instead, it's been turned into a kind of a scrimmage match. Um, you know, looking a little bit deeper into that, I know it's constantly evolving. Do you have any knowledge that you'd be happy to share with fans at home what they could expect in the preseason? Uh, more scrimmages? Any planned scheduled matches that have not yet, uh, you know, uh, come to light? Perhaps anything that you feel fans should know that is helping prepare Old Glory DC in the preseason? Yeah, well, yeah, it's a, we're supposed to have that game, I think it was the end of next week. But we're going right, to have, the 26th or 27th. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to, like I say, we're going to have sort of a live um, scenario sort of based um, game between the squad, which would be, which would be really good, especially for you know, for me as a defense coach, it'd be nice to throw right. some, um, you know, some scenarios that I think will be quite hard to defend against, and then um, try them out and be able to review them for the next week. But yeah, just I think to the fans, just know that the boys are, you know, they really want to put on a, a good product for um to watch, and uh, I think the way uh, Andrew Douglas, the head coach, has you know brought them through last year, and if we can build on, you know, where we left off. Um, I think it would be a very exciting brand of rugby to, to watch. And, yeah, I can't wait to be able to go to the, the new stadium and, and play in front of people again. Right. And, you know, most notably, Old Glory in their inaugural season, as you so rightly pointed out last season, did well. You know, they 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 made a great impact. I mean, of course, they made an impact with the signing of Beast Matarawira. Unfortunately, didn't get to play as much rugby as we all would have hoped to be able to see from a World Cup winning Springbok. But, you know, that legacy is still there. And with you being there in, in kind of a similar role, uh, the hope to be able to bring that experience in, um, you know, and as a co player and coach. And, you know, hopefully they'll have the opportunity to be able to get the boots uh, on the ground as often as possible before the season kicks off. Mm. So I wanted to be able to take the opportunity for the next question here as well. So run, pass or kick. Talking about old glory, staying on that topic for a little bit longer. Uh, we all know that Old Glory has strong ties to Scottish rugby. In fact, they are in a partnership with the Scottish Rugby Union. If you as a fan are not familiar with that, the um, 
So, but how were you approached to join Old Glory and what were your initial thoughts about joining such a young league, run, pass or kick? Um, I'll run with that. Um, John Manson, our manager at Glasgow at the time, was um, he had the new role over here of the director of rugby, I think it was, and um, Andrew Douglas came over to see what we were doing in, in, um, in Glasgow and I sort of <clears throat> had a quick chat with Dougie and said, you know, I, I would be keen to one day move, you know, if there's an opportunity, come over to the States and, you know, see what I can see what I can do. And, yeah, it's sort of they um, pumped. John Manson came over here and then Dougie came back and it was sort of went quiet for a while. But then, yeah, just got the phone call and said, "How? what do you reckon? And I, yeah, I didn't have much going in, the, in terms of where I wanted to go. And I thought, yeah, why not? I'd, I'd love the opportunity to, to come to the States and play some rugby and, you know, get a bit of coaching done. Right, take on another challenge. Why not? Yeah, for sure. We're certainly glad that you have come to the MLR to apply your trade and continue your experiences and certainly pass on your wealth of knowledge to the boys in at Old Glory. Um, you know, many fans that follow the league expect foreign players with experience like yours to provide a level of professionalism. We've talked about that. And, again, it's obvious in many different ways – how that's transmitted to American players. But here's the question, run, pass, or kick. What role does old glory staff see you playing within the team? You're going to be a player coach. A coach. You know, how much how much playing do you intend to, to, to be doing? You know, when do you envision stepping more into the coaching role? Um, do you have any idea of how you see yourself in terms of, um, you know, that mix of player-coach role? Yeah, I'll run with that. Um, yeah, it's definitely going to be a bit of a balancing act of, you know, try to work out what what's going to happen, and I think I've just got to be honest with the coaches when I'm feeling good, or you know, if, even if I'm I'm playing well, you know, first of all, I have to be the if I'm playing well, then I'll definitely play. But um, I really want to do a good job in this coaching role, and I really want to you know bring these these guys through and share, like I said before, share some knowledge, and you know, I want it to be possibly a, a career path for me. So I really want to nail that first and foremost. Um, if I can play, then then I'll play. But yeah, I really wanna really wanna do a good job with the coaching role. So it's gonna be interesting. Um it's gonna be a lot of fun. And yeah, you, you never know what can happen, do you? Well, when it comes down to it, rugby's supposed to be fun, right? You're supposed to yeah. enjoy what you do, have a good time on the pitch, have a good time off the pitch, and it, it's a game after all. And and you know, um we it's it we can't take it too awful seriously. I know it gets that way sometimes because we're all competitive, we played sports, but ultimately is it's it's supposed to be enjoyable and well, yeah. I mean, Rob, you and I think that we're the luckiest people in the world because we get to be able to talk about rugby yeah. in, a, in a format like this. You're living it, man. And, yeah. you know, you get to be able to now do it in entirely new territory, which is, you know, uncharted waters for rugby in professionalism, at least until recently, the MLR rose to being the professional league here. So you're you're a part of those trendsetters. You know, you're setting a new standard, especially with a new and young organization like Old Glory. I think you will find a great fit there, man. I think that your experience is going to be valuable. I think that you can carve out an incredible path for you. Um, and you're in the right place at the right time because the league is in its mm -hmm. infancy. And as you grow in that position, you'll be growing at the same level, if not even at a greater pace than the league itself. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky for this opportunity because the last year, I haven't played rugby since February, I think it was February 28th my last game for Glasgow and just 
you know, been stuck in lockdown for the whole year. And a lot honest, of time to think, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. You know. Well, I basically sit on the couch for last year and to, to be able to come into this competition with as a player coach role, I'm you know, I'm, I'm very, very lucky. So I want to do the best I can. Hey, first day of training, you're gonna come home and absolutely crash because you're not gonna be oh, used to <laughs> I don't really want to think about it. Eh? It's like I'm a teacher and the first you know, first two days of teaching, my voice is gone. I'm completely wiped out and it takes me just like you know, playing rugby, you got to get back into the routine. Yeah. It, it'll take a little bit of time. Sure. So, um, uh, you know, you talked about the States and, and coming to the United States and having an opportunity and, and visiting. So run, pass, or kick, we're going to take it down a little notch here, get a little light. Now, what is the most touristy thing you look forward to doing while you spend your time here in the United States? I'll kick that to talk. <laughs> First of all, you're asking a guy that's like also fairly new to the U.S. and hasn't done enough touristy stuff because he lives in the middle of Iowa. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing touristy in Iowa. <laughs> um, I mean, you got to do whatever you like. You know, what's I mean, you're asking the wrong guy, man. If if you and I went on a tour, we would get lost. <laughs> but maybe that's part of the journey, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look. I know that that Scott would say, who's producing the show, that you got to go to New York. You got to be able to to to, to try all the the, the 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 New York lifestyle trends and things like that. You got to go check out a game there, which you'll obviously, well, hopefully, will have the opportunity. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's the one thing you wanted to be able to do when you came to the states? Yeah, I don't know. I think just being it feels now that I'm here, it feels like I've got access to so many different things. You know, like different states. Right. Been able to get in the car and go for a drive, and I love to explore the sort of the Outer Banks area down in North Carolina and across there. Places I haven't even been to myself, man. So <laughs> yeah, and yeah, there's, there's there's heaps of you know history here in DC itself. So I'd love to learn a lot more about that and go to all the museums and yeah. So I think I'll start here in DC when I can. And yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, hit there. There's an aeronautics museum. That I've been to that's just awesome. They have an SR seventy one Blackbird in in the in the hangar, and then um, I really enjoyed Monticello um, with Thomas Jefferson. Um, uh, you know his his homestead. It's it's beautiful, um, really picturesque, and it's not too far away from DC. You could get out there in a day and have a have a nice, especially in like May June when there's some really nice weather. If you have a day off, that would be a good trip. Yeah. Well, your uh, your marketing manager for Old Glory just posted saying that you need to see uh, monuments at night. Yes, right, right. First of yep. all, Lincoln <laughs> Memorial's fabulous at night. Yeah, I'd like. Yeah, I will once. Yeah, you know, once I've got the all clear, I'd love to just get, go get lost somewhere. Yeah, right. And that's the best way to be able to see places. I have been fortunate enough. I've 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 visited a lot of great places around the world, and I will make a journey out there to be able to watch more rugby in the hot spots around the U.S. because I can tell you, and you will learn this as you get to learn a little bit more about the rugby landscape here in North America, is that the Midwest, including Chicago and where I am, is a bit of a desert when it comes to professional rugby at the moment. So right. we're always aching for a reason to go and watch rugby somewhere. So we may very well end up uh, on your doorstep soon enough and you'll have to be the tour guide. <laughs> <laughs> So let's lead into the next question here, Callum. As we go, run, pass, or kick. We turn our attention to more international news. We step away from the MLR for a moment. You're a worldly guy. We're going to put your uh, your opinions in place over here as we ask you the first one. 
the South African teams have backed out of the Super Rugby contest and are joining Pro 14, all franchises, the Sharks, Stormers, Bulls, and uh, gosh, what am I forgetting? Lions, right? So more to the point, you have played in both these competitions. Is this the best move for South African teams, run, pass, or kick? I'll run with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough because it was, it was Super Rugby when I was playing was a great competition, you know. Was, right. You know, South Africa, New Zealand, um, Australia, and Argentina and Japan actually in that comp. So, um, and I used to love love going to South Africa and touring there. We'd go through three weeks sometimes, and um, playing in the big stadiums like Alice Park. That's where I debuted for the Hurricanes. Is such a massive stadium and such a huge history. That's right great there. history, you know the World Cup final there in '95. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it felt like a real um, fortress and sort of almost. A, you felt like you're in danger in that stadium, you know, when you when you got the other the other um, with the supporters with the the lions there, it was a really really cool experience. So, I think in that regard, it's quite sad. I'm I'm a little bit sad for um, New Zealand rugby, Australia rugby, not to, to have that trip over there. Mm. But I can see it in the same way. It's quite a it's quite a tough ask to go there and um, <clears throat> turn around the the time difference. So it's quite big, and to go sometimes you're only going there for a week, so it's quite tough to to get to get going. And then when you're on the flip side, when you're coming down from Scotland and stuff like that, it's only a one-hour difference, so it's a little bit easier on the body and and a shorter travel too. Yeah, I think it's you get to London, it's direct straight to, to Joburg, and you know if you're lucky enough, you get put on first class, so you basically just go to sleep and then wake up and you're you're there ready to go. So yeah, I've never been that lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough one, I think. Yeah, it's probably a little bit easier to get up to Europe for them. So, so I'm going to press you for an answer: good move or bad move? <laughs> bad move. Bad, bad move. move. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I mean, I respect that answer, but you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I want to turn the attention, you know, back to the the competition at the you know Super Rugby level, uh, Super Rugby Erotoroa. Er- and I probably totally butchered that. I did that when Tony Lamborn was on. Um, created some great derbies in 2020. I really, as a Hurricanes fan, enjoyed watching them play the Blues or play the you know, uh, Crusaders or whatnot. In 2021, the competition will continue with an added trans-Tansman tournament. Run, pass, or kick. Will this format allow the Kiwi Internationals, guys are playing for the All Blacks, to appropriately prepare for international competition with, say, South Africa when things open up and when they're able to play South Africa. I'll kick that back to you, Rob. <laughs> that you know, I, I created the question and, and I really was interested in your answer, but I'll but I certainly <laughs> am happy to I'm <laughs> happy to answer. Answer. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, I worry about that a little bit because the Springbok style, I'm not saying it's unique, but they have a certain style. They're they're hard. I mean, those <laughs> the the back row guys for the Springboks are always just hard men. I mean, they are some, uh, you know, at second row, at Sabeth, I mean, he is just, they just get some physical players. And they, and for that reason, they play a, not a unique style, but certainly a style that has its own pattern. It has its own, um, you know, uh, physical toughness to it. And not having to experience that throughout the season, uh, it concerns me as a Kiwi fan watching, you know, all, the All Blacks, that they might miss out on 
or or not be able to put themselves up against the likes of Annette Beth or whatnot, or or uh, you know, in days gone by, you know, Shock Burger, uh, th- those hard men. And so that that's the one thing I, I I'm a little bit concerned of. Um, and you know, is there a number ten? Uh, you know that that can challenge the Kiwis quite like uh, the number ten for for South Africa. I was at honey, it wasn't Honeyball. I keep going back to years years past when I um, Henry Honeyball, Jonsky. Uh, you know, right? Recently. I mean, they, I mean, to me, they just had such great fly halves at distribution and kicking. You know, um, so I, that's the thing I worry about. I don't know that they can't do it. I just I just worry about not being able to see that style of play on a regular basis. My yeah, take. yeah, I, I sort of agree on that. Um, those games were massive. Eh? They were, you know, you always really enjoy watching them. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, yeah, you did right when like Scott Berger and those guys used to go out in the field. It was it was brutal. Eh? Um, I think as Jerome Kino said, Scott Berger was you know the toughest guy ever played against, and that's coming from you know one of the the big enforcers in New Zealand. You know, <clears throat> but. I think the standard of rugby over in New Zealand, you know, especially through COVID, was you know it was so high and it was so highly contested, and um, the physicality of it and that stuff. I think it was just on a next another level to to what I'd sort of seen for a while. You know, it was fast, it was hard, and you know if they can keep growing that competition, and then you know Aussie do the same thing. Um, I don't think they'll miss out on too much. You know, especially with um, you know, Ren's Dave Rennie over there with the the Aussie um head coach role and I think the way the work he can do with um you know having a relationship with the the other super rugby teams there and the style of game that, that he wants to play if they put that down through the you know through the teams it's going to be a very very um exciting competition so right can I weigh in on this one myself okay thanks for your answer yes. um, <laughs> but you know Playing internally and domestically is is not a bad thing because it does allow you to dig deeper into your existing player pool and perhaps unearth some talent that hadn't yet given the, given the opportunity to play at the higher levels, right? So you can look at Caleb Clark. Now you can look at these guys that are getting the debut opportunities. Now you could also argue that, well, that happens after every World Cup cycle. you got to give these guys, the next generation, the opportunity. And to, to, to borrow a phrase from our co-host, um, Scott, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? So you want to play the best consistently to be the best. And this is where I think the relationship between South Africa and New Zealand will lose something because South Africa's franchises are choosing to go north with Pro 14. I believe that South Africa and New Zealand have become better rugby nations because they consistently compete against each other. Right. It's kind of goes to your point uh, um, there, Rob. And to that point, though, as you had mentioned, Callum, is that the caliber is still very high locally, right? But you're constantly, you know, if you fast forward a few years, you're just going to be recycling the same games and plans, the same way you're playing rugby. South Africa had this when we were in isolation for, for decades. We weren't able to compete because of apartheid. We were banned, right? And for good reason. But more to the point is we thought we had a really great standard of rugby with the Curry Cup until we reemerged and started playing internationally and realized that we were 10 years behind everybody else um, because we thought we were doing well. So you never know until you continue playing others is my point. Yeah. And, there, and there's just a – it's different too. You know, some of those – when you're playing within your own country, you, especially at the All Blacks, they play against each other. And there's – while they – 
have developed a, a, a you know, an angst. There's not an, a, a deep seated, um, just respect, but a deep seated edge that they take into a match when they're playing South African uh, uh, teams or playing uh, Australian teams, which they'll get to see. So I hope that doesn't diminish. I hope that it makes the international game just as high of a standard as it's been. Scott, uh, Ty, I think we need to move to the next question. Um, you want to take that one? Uh, Scott's telling me in the background, how about we get back to some North American rugby fellas? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll produce behind the scenes. But I do want to, before we, we, we go uh, too far off uh, uh, the topic of the international one, I think this question is going to be relevant, so I'm going to paraphrase it because it's an important one. Right now, the Six Nations is a hot topic. You being so closely connected to to rugby in Scotland, I would think that you would be observant of what's happening. And maybe you're not following the Six Nations at all because you're focused on your, your, your transition here into the U.S., but I'd have to imagine on your downtime that you're probably at least looking at it and have realized that Scotland is making a good show this year, right? So... Run, pass, or kick. What are your thoughts on the Scottish team's current performance in the Six Nations? And following that, who's your prediction to win it? Yeah, I'll run. Um, yeah, Scotland's been playing really well for the last few years now. And um, a lot of them are, you know, ex-teammates ex, um, of mine from, from the Glasgow Warriors. And it was just disappointing that that game against Wales, that, you know, that red card to Xander. Right. You know, sort of put them on the back foot a little bit. But... You know, I think it's a little bit hard done by there too. But they're playing um, when they play with that fast ball and they can get the ball. Ali can Ali Price and Finn Russell get going. It's they're, they're playing a pretty good brand of rugby, eh? So um, I still think they can go all the way. I think if, if you know if they can they can do it this year. So I'm I'm back in Scotland. Yeah, to take yeah. it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Excellent. They can. I love that. You know, Scotland's always the team. You know, actually, let me rephrase this. One thing that I enjoy about Six Nations rugby, and this goes back many, many years, and I probably saw it on a really great advert, like maybe almost 15 years ago. And when it comes to Six Nations, no one cares who is going to win. They care about who's, sorry, who's going to lose. They just want to make sure that England doesn't win. Right. <laughs> right? It's not yeah. about a win or a loss. So... But I feel like with Scotland, they they're they've always been perceived as the underdog for many 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 years. But that opinion is now beginning to change. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. You're the you're the guest here. Go ahead. We're we're looking to hear from you. Yeah, I think yeah, you did right there. They've um, I think they're just starting to realize that they are, you know, they are, they can go all the way and. Um, right, it's a confidence thing now that didn't exist five years ago even. I mean, I'm thinking last three seasons, I've personally seen a difference. Yeah, I think, you know, they they probably backed themselves to do it, but I think they've just built really nicely over the last few years and they've got a, you know, a very strong, really, really strong team and um, both Glasgow and, and Edinburgh are very strong club teams too now. So um, yeah. I think, they're, yeah, they're, they're built it nicely. Yeah, and I really like the fact they're sticking with Gregor Townsend. They're sticking with – they're not, you know – um, you know, seeing which way the wind blows and going away from them. They're sticking with the process and focusing on the process and developing, and it's been really nice to see. I want to get back to North America before we close it out, Callum. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, you're going to tell us that in the finals uh, from the Eastern Conference that OGDC will be in the MLR final on August 1st. Uh, my question is, 
Um, you know a little something about um, some of the players that are on the L.A. Guiltinis. Hmm. Uh, who do you reckon is going to be the Western Conference representative? I think L.A. Uh, will, will go closer. Um, be great if we could, you know, make the final together and, and then um, D.C. take it out, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I've got a couple of mates over there, a couple couple um, Glasgow players that have gone over there, Adam Ash and um, DTH, Van der Merwe, So, yeah. And I'm um, also um, Bryce, he's gone there as well. So, um, Glenn Bryce. So, it'll be, yeah, it'll be pretty cool to be able to match up against them in a the final. Yeah, right, absolutely. A bit of history there, and it'll make it a little bit more uh, intense and a little bit more enjoyable with the victory, too, I bet. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> Just to rub salt into the wounds, you know, a little teasing and hazing afterwards goes a long way. And rugby, it's just kind of a tradition among friends, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it is. Be, it's always good to have bragging rights, but we've got a long way to go. A long way, a long season ahead of us, first. So. The very least, you can always tease them about their bright pink kit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not bad it's not bad Rob you, you, you know, Rob hates the, the idea of the colours because it reminds him of what he believes is Miami Vice but both that's myself right. uh, Scott and many of our guests on the show think that the colour palette is going to be awesome yeah that's <laughs> really good so, so before we uh, jump into the latter part of our presentation, I wanted to be able to remind all of our viewers that if you like what we do, make sure that you like, subscribe, follow, rate us do all that you need to do to keep us going because I tell you what, it makes a difference. No matter how small the comp contribution may be, we love what we do and we hope that you love it too because we want to be able to grow the game one fan at a time and that's why we host this podcast here on the Rugby Rant. But more importantly, it's for you as the fan. So go ahead, tell us what you want to be able to learn about in upcoming episodes. Every Wednesday, we have a live episode just like this for the next Run, Pass or Kick interview. And on that note, I want to let you know who's up next week and Rob will tell you who that is. Yeah, so next week we have the great fortune of having a comedian who has just been introduced to the sport of rugby here in the United States. Uh, hails from Florida, Josh Prey. Um, he is a Utah fan, then an Austin fan, and I think now he's settled in on ATL simply because of the proximity um, his, his home state of Florida has to Atlanta. So we're going to have him on. It's certainly going to be fun to hear from him, and uh, <laughs> and hopefully he'll give us a few laughs. So welcome next week. Join us, Josh Prey. Uh, internet comedian um, and uh, right. a get, funny get, man extraordinaire. Like a million followers. So yeah. uh, if we can just get 1%. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It, it's it's fun to be able to have such different perspectives when you're looking at rugby. And you'll come to learn this, Callum, is that the fans that you will see at the games, hopefully they can be at the games, um, but, you know, the culture around rugby here is so fresh and you'll get used to a unique perspective of rugby, right? You'll you'll hear, hear it being translated into football terms and, uh, you know, you'll hear, you'll hear it enjoyed in many different ways. But I think uh, last week, Shalom uh, said it brilliantly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know you probably didn't have an opportunity to see that interview because you were traveling. Um, but he went to a school and he had asked a group of kids, when talking about familiarization with rugby, he asked this group, hey, how many of you know what a rugby ball is made of? The response, one kid said, wood. 
so yes it's interesting and to be able to get so many different perspectives but you know what it does do it provides an incredible opportunity to be able to share the game with a whole new host of fans and i'm sure that you will be a part of that experience i'm sure that you will contribute to the growth of the league the sport the team and everything in between but we want to be able to hand the mic to you more importantly to be able to share a few words of importance to you with your fans friends family whoever out there you think is important and the floor is yours yeah well yeah you sort of touched on it there it'd be be great to be able to play in front of live crowds again um sometime soon and you know we've we spoke about it before too rugby is all about having fun and when you've got a crowd down there enjoying themselves and you know yelling and screaming um the players are having a lot more fun as well so yeah i just you know i look forward to getting to meet everyone you know once i've done my uh the rest of my time in, in isolation and getting out and getting out there and you know hopefully growing this game and going well and also just to my friends and family and mum dad brother and sister back home uh yeah just want to say uh I, I wish i could come home and see you guys before i came over here but um that's the way it is and hopefully you'll see me on tv soon eh? so yeah that's right. Hopefully you'll see me on TV soon, right? <laughs> but you know, it, it has been a great opportunity to be able to sit down and chat with uh, one of the greats of the game that will be joining us here in the US and Canada. Making his mark on MLR is, of course, Callum Gibbons, the man who made his way to the US by way of New Zealand Hurricanes, then on to Glasgow Warriors, and everything in between has led to this here, and we know that you'll make your mark. Uh, on behalf of myself and the team, we want to be able to remind you as the Rugby Rant viewer that you can like, subscribe, and follow us under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. You can find us on all the social media platforms, including wherever you may get your podcast in audio format. You'll be dropping that tomorrow morning, and you can see it again every Wednesday evening here for the next Run, Pass, or Kick interview with myself, Ty Braga, your host for today's activities alongside Rob, the Hammer Hammerschmidt. On behalf of our producer of the show, we have Scott Ferrara, the big guy in the background, and more importantly, we say thank you to Callum Gibbons for joining us here today, and we thank you for watching, and we'll see you at the next one. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.